Hallelujah, Jesus. You guys can just come up. You know how. I like you guys so close to me. I want to welcome all the first-time visitors. Nice to have you here. Tito, hey. Nice to see you. Welcome. Everybody's so far away. Guys. guys are too far away. Come closer. Don't be strangers. This is crossover. You got to make friends. You got to talk. You have to just sit next to your neighbor. Arson is all alone up here, all by himself. Please come join him. Aww. I forgot your Sweet Pea, can you come sit next to Ray, please? Thank you. Thank you. Should have never told me your name. Whew, God is good. He's amazing. I feel like when I was worshiping, I just kept thinking of, like, I'm, I feel so unworthy to be where, where I'm at, to be in a position here, to just be able to, to talk to God, to, to be able to enter into his presence. And just, it's amazing when God shows up and we begin to worship him and, and to push and press in. Um, before we, I get started into the message, I want to um, just emphasize on the, on the witnessing when we're going out to Wright College um, we're going to stay committed to Wright College for this season, and we're just going to continue going there um, every other Friday. We are going to add another day. We don't know which day that is yet. But Wright College, um, a lot of us here, we, we attend there. So we have chosen that school. We're going to stay faithful. We're going to go. We're going to preach the gospel. Um, you know, Wright Co- going to a college is completely different than going out on the street because this age group is so chill and laid back, you know, and they're... <laughs> They're willing. It's, it's a little different than Belmont and Clark. It's a little different than going door to door. People are, are willing to talk to you, are willing to hear your opinion and your ideas, and they want to share theirs. So when we go there, we, of course, we, we preach the gospel and we tell them the truth, but we also have opportunities to pray for them. And it's just no, not many distractions, especially when we go into the cafeteria. And it, it just gives you an opportunity to, to build relationships with them. You know, Vanessa and I were there, was it two weeks ago? Last week, we were there past Friday, and um, and we just started talking to this girl, and we exchanged numbers, and she was very, very a sweet girl. She was sharing her faith with us, and we were sharing our faith with her, and we exchanged numbers, and we're going to continue building that relationship with her, and we're going to trust that God is going to move, because you know what? Sometimes we want people to get saved like instantly, and you know it's like, bam, they didn't do it. And we're going to give up. But no, we're going to stay faithful to this. We're going to continue going out there. And, and we're just going to love on Jesus. And we're going to pray that his Holy Spirit just guides us. And when we lay hands on people, that they will be healed. That the power of God will just touch them and, and tug on their hearts. And they will come. And they will come and they will serve God forever and ever and ever until Jesus comes back. Okay, amen. I got another story. Guys, I, what if I ever run out of stories? I don't know what I'm going to preach about. I'm just kidding. Of course I got the word of God. All right. So today we're talking about intimacy. Intimacy. I love that word. Isn't it beautiful? Okay, if you guys can turn with me to Acts 16, 17. Or 16, 16. Okay. We're talking about intimacy with God. You guys there? A couple of months ago, I'm sharing the story about the candles and the fire. 
okay? A couple months ago, so this is me. When I first got saved, you know, everybody's like, you know, so important, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to make time, set an hour apart to pray um, to God and just spend, just hang out with him and just love on him. And so I love that. I love the fact that I can go into my room and, and I can just hang out with Jesus. So the way that I used to hang out with Jesus, I used to light candles all around my room. And I used to turn off all the lights and just put nice music in the background. You know, it had to be low. It has, candles had to be spread around the room. Or if I was in the living room, it had to be around the basement. So I'm hanging out with Jesus one day. And I did something very, very careless. I left the candle unattended. <laughs> you know how they say, do not leave candles unattended? I did. All right? I left the candle unattended, and I just happened to put my comforter over the candle. And, uh, and I leave. And I go upstairs, I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, Jesus, I'll be right back. i got to go wash some dishes. I'll be right back, you know, because I wanted to come back, and I wanted to continue into the Word. And all of a sudden, I hear, my, I hear something, beep, 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 beep. I'm like, what's that? And see, if you guys know my sister, she, she plays around all the time. You know, she cries wolf for everything. So my mom and I are like, what's that noise? We're like, oh, Susie's just probably downstairs messing with something. We keep hearing beep, beep, beep. And then I hear, Griselda, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, no. And then, like, two and two clicked, and I run down the stairs as fast as I can. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, my room is, like, on fire. And I go in there. The fire's, like, like here. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. Like, I can't say anything else other than Jesus. Like, I'm trying to, like, tame the flames or something. My sister's like, get out of there. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, like, you, you just don't know how to act. And so I run, and my sister's running around the basement just <laughs> She's looking for the fire extinguisher, and she doesn't know where it's at because somebody put it somewhere where you couldn't see it. So I knew where it was at. So I run to go get it, and I get the extinguisher, and I take the pin off. I'm like, I don't know how to use this thing. <laughs> it was the funniest thing, but at the time, it was terrible. And at that moment, my dad was right next to me. My dad takes it from my hand, and he's like, shh. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And my mom is like, at that moment, my mom's standing next to me, and she's like about to burst out in tears. She's like, oh, this is funny. I didn't think I'd be laughing so much. She's like, I told you not to light candles. <laughs> I'm like, and I start crying. Like, Remember? I could not stop crying. And I'm like shaking. I'm like, I could have burned the house down. And we, you know, I'm like saying all these negative things. Like all these words that I never used were coming out of my mouth. And not swear words, but just negative words. The words of death. And my sister was like, you need to stop, you know, with all this stuff. And, and you're lucky we're not standing out on the street. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. My mom took every single candle away from me. I'm not allowed to light candles. And then last week I took, well, I had family over. I was in my room and I wanted to pray. And I took one of the candles she had upstairs. And then when I went to go look for it again, it's gone. She took it from me again. So I'm not allowed to light candles. And this was like, it was really hard for me to start praying again. It was just hard. Like I had this mental block. I don't know if I thought like, I don't know. I, I needed candles to pray. I really did. Like I got him so used to Okay, I go into my room, I turn off the lights, I light candles, and I put some music on, and that's how I met with God. That's how I got intimate with God. And without the candles there anymore, I was like, this is just weird. And it was like, I needed the candles for some reason. And my sister told me, she says, you know, Jesus will show up without the candles. And I'm like, you know, but I didn't know that. In my head, I was just like, I need them. I need to have my room set up like that to meet with Jesus. And, um... And that's not true. That's so not true. You know, I had to learn that regardless of what was going on around me with my environment, regardless of if the lights were on or off, 
I needed to meet with Jesus, and I could be in that intimate and get close and intimate with Jesus no matter what, no matter who was around, no matter what room I was in. If I, you know, if it was like I always like to pray at 7 o'clock, and, you know, that was my time to pray, 7 or 8 o'clock. And, and if it wasn't that, you know, like what kind of mentality was that? You know, I had put Jesus like between 7 and 8 and only with candles and lights, and, and that's not how he intends it to be. You know, God doesn't intend you to just, to just see him like Jesus only comes this one way. He comes in many, many, many ways. He comes with a shout. He comes with a scream or he, with a, you know, a whisper. He comes all, all the time in any different form. He comes. All he's looking for is your heart. If you want him, if you desire him, he's going to show up. So I love this word intimate. I think it's just, you know, I was sharing it. With Carla, intimate to me seems like so warm. And I looked the word up. And intimate means inviting. It means close friend. It means private and personal. And that's just beautiful to me, that we can have an intimate, private relationship with the living God, with the God that created this world. You know, with this almighty God wants to meet with you. Like, you know, just think about it. Like, you may think, who am I? Who am I? But he, he wants to meet with you. He wants to have that, that personal relationship with you. And, and the importance of having that intimate relationship is, number one, is you learn to hear God's voice. You begin to talk to him, and guess what? He talks back, all right? You hear God's voice. It's, a, it's, a, it's not just you doing all the talking. God will show up and he will speak to you. You will learn so much and just you just start one hour a day. God will take one hour a day, especially. And you know what I tell people when they first get saved? A relationship with God is like a relationship with any other, I believe. You know, because people think you, you're going to compare yourself to it. Well, that person prays for an hour a day. You know, that person, look at how that person worships. Look at how that person just knows the word of God. But you know what? you got to start off slow. When you meet someone, I'm not just going to start telling this person, you know, like every single bit about my life. You know, I might not feel comfortable. I might not know how to talk to that person. You start talking 10 minutes to that person, and guess what? You start talking to God for 10 minutes, you're going to want 20 minutes. You're going to want 30 minutes. You're going to want an hour, two hours, three hours. That's how it goes. This intimate relationship with God will grow as much as you want it to grow. See, like with Andrew, you know, if I didn't know him, you know, I'm going to, this relationship with Andrew, I can talk to him, I can tell him a little bit about myself. You know, I can make the relationship grow as much as I want it to go because Andrew's not going to force himself upon me. Andrew's not going to, you know, if he did, it wouldn't be good. Ben, you know, it's like, <laughs> God is not going to be like, you know, spend an hour with me today. No, it has to come from your heart. It has, sorry, Andrew. It has to come from your heart. You have to desire that because he is not going to push himself upon you. In this intimacy with God, you will feel his love. You will feel his joy. You will feel his patience. You will feel pain. You will feel sorrow, anger. He will show you things you never thought possible, but that would only come with the intimacy that you have with God. I've heard this said before, and I always mess it up. Your intimacy, no. In, in, this, in, this, in this intimacy with God, how does it go, Rachel? 
Okay, in this intimacy with God, you will know your reason. You will find your purpose. Okay? He will show you. He will, he will allow you to see things that you never saw before. In this, in this intimacy with God, you will always remember the reason why you are in ministry. The reason why you do what you do. The reason why you get up every single morning. In this intimacy with God, you will remember, you will know day to day. You will know day to day why you, you accept the persecution that you do when you go out on the streets, when you preach to your family. In this intimacy with God, you will remember that you are not doing it for this world. You are doing it for him and only for him. In this intimacy with God, you can move mountains. In this intimacy with God, in this personal, private relationship with God, things around you will change. People around you will change. And how do you become intimate with God? By prayer, by worship, by reading the word of God, and by being still and waiting for him. Waiting for him to come. Now, if you guys can just turn with me to Acts. Are you guys there with me? 16, 16. And we're going to see how Paul and Silas when, they, when this relationship that they have with God, this, how they can move, how they can change their surroundings, how they took this situation and just trusted in God and things around them changed, okay? So Paul and Silas in prison. It says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. For, for her owners by fortune telling. This girl p- followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. For, <laughs> crazy. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do? To be saved. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. 
At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailers brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. That is amazing. Come on. Okay, so let's talk about Paul and Silas. Am I saying that name right? Silas, okay. They're in this situation. They're out and they're preaching the gospel. And what begins to happen? They begin to get persecuted. They take them. They beat them. They humiliate them in front of a crowd, and the crowd even joins in. And then they are arrested. They are put in, they're put in jail. Their freedom is taken away from them. And what do they do? See, at that moment in time, many of us would be like, what is this? I'm here. I'm supposed to be walking with the living God. I'm supposed to be walking with Jesus Christ, doing this work for him. And here I am getting persecuted. This is what it means to, to serve God. This is what it means to preach the gospel. My freedom has just been taken away. I'm beaten. I'm humiliated. See, many of us would give up at that time. Many of us think, I've heard so many people say, you know, I've prayed so much before and I'm doing this for God and I'm living a good Christian life. And still these troubles come my way and still I cannot get past it. I cannot even experience God. I cannot even feel him. I try to pray. I try, I try to read my word, and it doesn't work. But see, you know what? Here, Paul and Silas, they remain faithful to God. And what do they begin to do? They begin to pray and sing songs to God. And what happens? Their situation, their circumstance changes. And all of a sudden, God shows up. His glory comes down, and they are free. <sighs> Hallelujah, Jesus. They are free. God sets them free. They remained faithful to God. They knew that he was the God Almighty. In this intimacy with God, you know who God is. You know who he is through an intimacy with God, and these men had to have been intimate with him. They had to have a relationship with him because other than that, you know what? They would have given up hope. They would have said, forget this. I'm going back to my family. They begin to pray. They begin to worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. They begin to praise his name on high. And what changes? The circumstance around changes. God says, they are faithful to me. They trust in me. In the intimacy with God, you will find out that God is all-powerful. You will find out that he is all-present and that he is all-knowing. Without this intimacy with God, you're not serving anything but man and you are in religion. Without this intimacy with God, you're walking around empty. You're walking around powerless. Because with an intimacy with God, you will know and you will understand that he has given you authority on this earth. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. Lift his name on high. He is the name that is above all names. And through this, you can do all things. Through this, you can change people around you. Let me tell you, when someone has an intimate relationship with God, you can see it. You can see it because there's like this aura about them. And let me tell you, everything changes. People around them change. Right? Have you ever walked into a place and people are telling a dirty joke or a little rumor and then, and then they just stop talking? Or they're swearing and they feel uncomfortable? They feel so uncomfortable around you. Why? Because they know that you have an intimate relationship with God. That you walk with God and God walks with you. Okay? Now where am I going with this? It says, I want you guys to turn with me to Romans 8.26. See, sometimes... We go through situations, and you want to give up, and it gets hard. 
and it gets hard, things happen to you in your life. You may fall. You may have weaknesses and struggles. And sometimes you want to pray and you want to worship God during a situation, but you can't. You don't know what to say. Sometimes we mess up. We, we mess up. We're human. We're jars of clay, right? We mess, and you don't know what to pray, but let me tell you something. God has enabled you. God has prepared you for this. In Romans 8, 26, do you have it up there? In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. See, sometimes we don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us, and all you have to do is just come. Just turn off everything around you, just you and God. No matter where you are, going to a bathroom, into a car, whatever you have to do to meet with him. And just let your spirit speak for you. Don't let anything come between you and that relationship with God because the things of this world are not worth it. You need to decide in your heart today that no matter what situation you are in, that intimate relationship with God, no one will take from you. You need to say nothing in this world is worth it. Nothing, nothing, no one, nothing, 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 nothing will take this relationship away from me because you know what? It is all that I have. Because apart from God, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. We are nothing without him. So decide in your heart today that you will serve God no matter what. No matter what. That you will worship God no matter what. This church, we're called Metro Praise for a reason. We love to praise God here. We will worship him for hours. We will worship him for hours. And I want to talk about that, about worship. I've heard so many people say to us, Many people say to me, my, to me, many people say to Pastor Joe, you know, worship is too long. We need more of the word. We need more of the word of God. And you know what? The word of God is great and it's beautiful, but you know what? We get lost in his presence sometimes. You know, he just takes over and he wants to hear us praise him. He wants to hear what you think, not what the pastor thinks. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you you, you worship as one. And here, as we look back at Acts 16, 17, what happened when they began to worship, when they began to pray? Everybody around them were, was listening, right? Where is that page? Where is the page? All right, so we, everybody around them is listening. Everyone's chains come off, right? And here we go. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Not because they were preaching the word of God, but because they were worshiping him, because they, he, he saw, he experienced God's power just being there, just seeing it for himself. See, when we worship God, he shows up and he moves. He doesn't care what order it comes in. He just moves. And then what happens? And then they preached the word of God to him. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him. In verse 32, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. And they were saved, him and his household. 
they were all saints. See, when I, when I got saved, I can't tell you what the man was preaching about. I cannot tell you what that message was about if my life depended on it. I know I was saved because the power, the glory of God came down, and he worked through a man. That's what I remember. So when we worship God, we're seeking after his heart. We're seeking after his presence for his glory to take over. Because you know what? It's not about us. You have to decide to press on, to push forward. You know what? We can also get caught up in the goosebumps, in the feelings that we get when we worship God. When I got saved, I, don't, I can't tell you what this was, but my eyes used to flicker every single time I prayed. And it was this weird, and I would cry, and I'm like, oh my goodness, if the devil's coming out. <laughs> like, my eyes would shake. And I remember one time I was, we, my sister and I went, and we did something. We were doing something for God. And, and when we were just like, let's pray. We were in the car, and we're praying. And I'm like, my eyes don't stop shaking. And I'm like, you know what? Then I'm like, oh, that's God. You know, that's not the devil. You know, God's not going to let that happen to me. And so I'm like, I just took it. You know what? That's God. That's how God, you know, how I feel God. And then, you know what, the, sh- the, the, the little things in my eyes, when I didn't feel them anymore, I felt like God wasn't with me, like God wasn't showing up. And then the little flickering of the eyes transferred over to my arms, and I would be like, oh, my goodness, I feel electricity in my arms. Jesus is here. <laughs> we cannot do that. Yes, God can show up. Yes, and he can make you do crazy things, and you can feel him in different ways, but just because you don't feel him physically does not mean he's not there. God is faithful, and he shows up. He says, if you call on the name of Jesus, I am there. If you call on my name, I am there. And I want you guys to decide, to make up, make it up in your mind. Just decide in your mind, in your heart today, that you will never let that relationship go. You will never, because the minute that you stop spending time with him, with your best friend, with the lover of your soul, with your maker, the minute you stop spending time with him, that's it. You're not going to be able to hear his voice anymore. Your love for each other, your love for him is going to diminish. You're not going to know him any longer. He's going to be a stranger to you. And you will not have an intimate relationship with, with him anymore. And you know what? You will see others have that. And you will want it and you will desire it. But you know what? You have a choice today. You have a choice today to make. Rachel, if you can get back on the keys. We're just going to pray. If you can sing um, Rikino. You know? She knows. Thank you, Lord. Decide in your heart today. You guys can join me up here in the front. So you will not let this love for God go. The love that you felt when you accepted him, when you decided, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life, you will not let it go. Decide in your heart that you just you don't want anything to know but Christ. But Christ and everything else will fall into place. Lord God Almighty, I pray that you move right now. If there's anybody in this room that does not have an intimate relationship with you, I pray that you will speak to them right now. you 
if you let go of your relationship with God, if you stopped hearing his voice because you put other things before him, you need to come up here and you just need to rededicate your life to him because he's calling you. If you've never accepted him, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to come up here today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation and tomorrow is not promised.